0: Welcome to Talk Tank.
1: Hello, you've reached the Talk Tank, the official LSE Entrepreneurs' Podcast, where we delve into the minds of those who think, live, and breathe outside the box. I'm Tina, and I'll be your host for this episode, which is part of our Bits and Bytes series dedicated to innovation and technology at the heart of society's change. Today's guest is Jamie Crummy, co-founder of Too Good To Go, the world's largest marketplace for surplus food. The free app connects food outlets and retailers with surplus food to consumers who get delicious food while also doing their bit for the planet. Jamie was part of Forbes 30 Under 30 in 2019 and won Young Entrepreneur of the Year in 2020, so we can safely predict he'll be continuing his impressive work in 2021. So welcome to the Talk Tank Jamie. We've introduced you LinkedIn style with all your achievements.
0: Thank you very much for the uh, the fantastic introduction there. Um, you've embarrassed me. <laughs> Thank you very much for inviting me on. I'm excited to to talk with you today.
1: So can you give us a bit about your background, what led you to where you are today fighting this food waste battle?
0: Well, a bit about too good to go. So you've done a, a fantastic introduction there. You know we are a, a social impact company that is all about fighting food waste, and you know our vision has always been and always will be, or to be, you know, dreaming of a planet with no food waste. So a bit about myself and, and my journey into into the world of food waste. So it's, you know I often often go go about telling people how I how I found myself to become a, a food waste warrior, a food waste crusader. And people often presume or assume that I must, you know, abroad, like, grew up on a farm, or my parents were um, chefs, or something like that, and I experienced uh, food waste firsthand through my upbringing. Um, but it, it wasn't quite like that. And actually, what my what my parents um, have done, and 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 incredibly grateful for them doing it, is just you know inspiring me in a in having this, this, I guess, unquenchable desire or motivation around social and environmental justice. So even as a young kid, you know, I was brought to various different picket, picket lines um, and, was, uh, and was there waving my, um, wa- waving my banners and my placards and, and whatnot. But uh, like men, many people, you know, you, um, you end up sort of traveling the world. And I actually spent some time uh, working out in Australia and it was there. You know, I was um, sort of continuing to pursue this this career around social and environmental justice. You know, I was I was studying um, international law at the time. I was working with a NGO out there on Torres Strait Islander and Aboriginal rights. But at the same time, I was working um, in the event industry. So Australia is quite an expensive place, and it was here in the event sector which I. Yeah, I would I just remember being flabbergasted and shocked by the amount of food which we were having to throw away, um, and there wasn't a solution for it. Anyway, fast forward a few months, I was then working with Amnesty International at an event which was catered for by a group of individuals, amazing people who were rescuing food from, from the trash and repurposing it into an amazing spread. And it was actually speaking to these individuals, which really inspired me, you know, as someone who... Is motivated and yeah, everything around around social and environmental justice. I was blissfully unaware of the scale of the issue of food waste. And yeah, as I say, speaking to these people, it uh, it really inspired me and and it was fantastic what they what they were doing. But I wanted to you know think of a way in which we could rescue that food before it hit the bin because you know not everybody wants to go dumpster diving. So that is the long or short story. I guess, of my, of my journey into food waste.
1: Yeah, I think that's such a good point as well by how shocking it is. The fact that food waste is almost inbuilt within the system. I think I read somewhere that supermarkets have to be stocked to the brim because as a consumer, you don't like it when you see the you know, fruit aisle not being completely plentiful. So I think it's great that Too Good To Go is addressing that. And digging a bit deeper into this topic of food waste, I've got a little game called Leave It or Eat It. So don't worry if you've never heard of it before. It's because I made it up. <laughs> but it's fairly um, intuitive.
0: I mean, it, it sounds like it's it's on a, it's on a fast track to becoming sort of the BBC's new next game show. I, I, I like the sound of it already.
1: Thank you very much. That is actually my long-term plan. So I'll list a food item which may be perceived by some as food waste. And you can let me know. Whether you'd leave it or eat it and why. So starting off with a broccoli stem.
0: <laughs> okay, well I'm a, this is gonna be easy, isn't it? I'm 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 the Food Waste Crusader. So that's <laughs> well, what I think. would definitely I would definitely eat it.
1: Okay, apple core.
0: Apple core. Um probably wouldn't eat it actually. i would oh, just really? eaten an apple there. Yeah. Oh, so you don't eat, the,
1: wouldn't whole eat apple. the whole
0: core. Wouldn't eat the whole core. Oh, um that's because I've got very compact teeth so i end up spending about half an hour having to floss afterwards to get it all out but um no i that is probably a a confession i wouldn't always eat the entire apple
1: that's a pretty big one i think i actually trumped you on that one because i eat the Mm. whole apple and it means that when I chop up apples for other people like my housemates they're like i'm sorry you've not chopped it up properly and i have to eat the bits with the core in it but it's fine it's it's worth it
0: so you're you're chopping apple yeah i try apple up
1: yeah, I love chopping up the whole apple, put in a little bit of extra effort. And I hope that it makes my <laughs> housemates don't notice that the core is part of the chopped up apple, but they've caught on. So you've got to be smart about it.
0: <laughs> maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll, go, I'll go to chopping up my apples. So
1: next one is banana skin.
0: But eat it. So actually this is, this is a coincidental. I've literally just made my lunch, which was I made pulled banana pork. If that's the right way to describe it,
1: oh, Um, like, yeah, and
0: I can highly recommend. Did you cook it like jackfruit? Yeah, so just slow cooked it in the oven, so um, slice it up nice and thin, a bit of onion, some paprika, some garlic, and then um, I made a little bit of a marinade to go in it and then slow cooked it, had it on a taco.
1: That sounds great, I'm gonna have to try that. Uh, and then three year old out of date dried herbs, I
0: think I've got five-year out-of-date dry herbs in my cupboard to be honest uh, yeah they can't go off can they so I mean the 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 flavors might be a little less potent I don't think Gordon Ramsay would be recommending it but um yeah sure it's fine isn't it you're just going to use a few more
1: yeah I think if it's dried then if anything the longer you leave it the more dried it becomes so it's just <laughs> you know becoming more itself really the, the longer you leave uh, dried stuff and then the final one, kiwi skin.
0: Kiwi skin, yeah. Probably wouldn't eat it, actually. I would leave it. Oh. I'm a big baby. Yeah, that's me being a baby, isn't it? I have always eaten kiwi with a spoon. I really need to grow up.
1: Oh, fair enough. I, I get a sense from you that you're pretty traditional with the way fruits are eaten. But everything else is fair game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: so, yeah, I don't know what it, I just don't really eat kiwi anymore. So um, maybe I should get back into eating kiwi, and I'll uh, I'll, I'll change the way I, I I've eaten it from when I was in nursery. That's probably the way to go.
1: <laughs> yeah, revitalise that relationship. So thanks for playing along with my game. I enjoyed learning about how you cooked up our, our banana peels. So let's cover your journey with too good to go. Talk us through a bit about how the idea. too good to go well went from being an idea i guess into a product
0: Mm, of course yeah it'd be my it'd be my pleasure i mean you know when we first started out actually we first launched as a website so we were trying to convince ourselves that uh you know apps were just a fad this is sort of back in um 2015 you know that um no one really uses apps. You know, we'll we'll, we'll be fine with just a website, and yeah, we're really just sort of tricking ourselves because of the uh, the additional expense of launching a um a an app for market. So, you know, we started off as I say with this website, and it was a very very lean operation from the get go. So it was, and when I say that, we were bootstrapping to the nth degree. Yeah, we were out on the streets um, drumming up interest by by door knocking. Um, but that was, you know, I, I wouldn't change that for the world. It, it really let us un- understand and, and know the, um, the businesses in which we were, we were trying to pitch our, our service to, which is to ensure that, you know, their delicious food didn't have to go to waste. So as I say, started off like this and, um, we literally did everything. Um, and when I mean everything, I literally mean everything. So we didn't, uh, we didn't have the luxury of, or, all of the automated services which we do now so from onboarding a a new store to the platform to creating um the profiles to even um updating the website i mean literally when they when an order came through we would have to go into the back end and change the availability from i don't know five magic bags available to four yeah. <laughs> it really um it really was quite granular the amount of work we were doing on a daily basis. But you know, this soon grew, and uh, you know, we clearly could tell that there was a demand for our our product there, as just a website. So, you know, we ended up um, collaborating with some with some uh, like minded entrepreneurs in in Europe, um, who were wanting to do something similar. And then we, yeah, we 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 launched Too Good to Go, which um, as a as an app as you see it today, so we launched originally uh, in Copenhagen first, um, and then that was followed by uh, launching in Oslo in Norway, um, and then we launched in the UK and France, and you know so from from the get go and and from the off we've really had this international um, aspect or this this DNA, um, within us, and that's really helped us to. So, so create a uh, create a movement around around food waste, but importantly, a global movement.
1: Yeah, I think that's really impressive, because at least for me, all my life, people have been like, oh, yeah, Tina eats everything. Uh, and I've found it difficult to try and convince other people that it's fine to eat the whole broccoli stem. So I was trying to understand with such a novel and new concept in the very beginning before you even had the app developed or the app was at very early stages when you're having to make these manual changes yourself, how did you convince people, like investors and restaurants of its value and potential, especially if they're uh, a bit of a food waste prude?
0: Yeah, I mean, I sort of look back and I remember the conversations having with friends and family and, you know, back in, back in sort of 2015 and, you know, the reaction from lots of lots of my peers was like, oh, why would I want to be eating food off people's plates? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the, the mentality and the mindset around what it is we're doing is, has really changed, or, or either it's that, or you know, we were terrible at sort of pitching this concept to begin with. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, yeah, that is, that's been a big thing for us, is, is just seeing how the environment around, around food waste and the way in which people perceive food waste Um, has really changed because ultimately it isn't it isn't waste is it you know if we if we're referring it to waste um it's essentially saying that it's a it's a it's a product with very little value um well in fact the the food that goes through our platform and and food waste in general is edible food you know it's perfectly good food it's fantastic food even and and it's it's really about conveying that this that this food we're talking about is is something which is perfectly good to eat and really switching those, those mindsets around how we perceive surplus food.
1: Mm, yeah, that really stands out to me. So I think Too Good To Go's approach to food waste is retelling the story of it by making it fun, which is really effective because we don't respond to facts and figures nearly as much as we should perhaps, but we all love a good story. So how did you, you know, overcome these negative connotations of food waste? As rubbish specifically, like how did you change people's mindset that it's not plate waste, for example? I know you mentioned that you reframed it by calling it surplus food rather than food waste.
0: Yeah, sure. And I think um, you know part of that is actually maybe answering a bit of your previous question. So how were how were businesses engaged on on the issue? How did they respond to um, to our our concept to begin with? Then I think it's worth pointing out as well that. The food sector and food in- industry is pretty unique, right? There aren't many businesses that I, I can think of, there's any, which go around throwing away their core product at such scale on a daily basis. You know, you don't really think of car manufacturers throwing away mm-hmm. half of the cars or a third of the cars in which they produce on a daily basis. So, you know, it was about, um, you know, a lot about what, what we're doing is actually Getting businesses to recognize that yeah, these these, I guess, traditional ways of practice, this convention um this norm of, of throwing food away doesn't need to be normalized. You know, there is a solution out there to ensure that you know your your day's trade, the food which you've produced or the food in which you're stocking or bringing in, you know, doesn't need to be thrown away. And at the beginning, those those conversations were Really, what kept us going? It really was that mm. that um, that inspiring moment for us that you know, businesses really recognised that there was the need for a solution like this. Um, you know, many you know, we, you know when we first launched, we uh, pretty much just worked with the hospitality sector. You know, since then, we're now working with the retails. Um, we're working with contract caterers, hotels, food producers, etc. You know, these were individuals who you know were spending their whole day. Preparing food, mm. serving food, cooking food—the you know, last thing they wanted to do was then see, um, you know, their passion, see their day's work end up in the bin. Um, mm-hmm. So that there was was, as I say, something that really kept us going. Is the immediate feedback that we received from businesses was actually wanting to use a solution like
1: this. I can see that being a great motivator and I read in the early days that you did things to save costs like sharing a bedroom with a co-founder <laughs> so I want to know what was this period like for you in particular not just for the business but for you?
0: Um, <laughs> yes depends how we look back on it um, I probably like to look back on it with a, with a little bit of ro- rosy tinted <laughs> glasses um, but yeah as I, as I sort of mentioned earlier when we first uh, launched we were an incredibly lean operation and we were, we were bootstrapping um, mm. to the nth degree. And, you know, that did mean in some situations, you know, it was it was sharing a bedroom other times it was, um, you know, we were having meetings or all, all, all across the country. And it was, I guess, utilizing our, our network of, of very generous friends who would open up their, their sofas for us when we mm. needed to. Um, but yeah, this was a, this was a period of time where, everything that we could muster was reinvested back into the business itself. And, you know, I, I think about all of the, all of our partners whose uh, food we were able to enjoy through the platform. A lot of the time we were eating that food um, through through to go. Um, mm-hmm. Not just because we wanted to use our own product, but because it was one of the few ways in which we could afford to eat out. So it was a, um, uh, as they say, a, a operation where we, where we did lack funding um, and where any of the revenue which we were generating was going, all, all of it going back into the business to ensure that we could keep growing um, and, and we could keep you know, striving towards this goal of, of, of creating a global movement around food waste.
1: Well, all in, you weren't just living and breathing too good to go, you were eating it too. <laughs> did you Did you ever have doubt
0: um, did we ever have that? Well, of course, there's there's there were days when we when we probably questioned ourselves, but what we've never lacked is is passion and enthusiasm mm. or dedication. And one story I always uh, like to sort of retell is you know, one of the one of the first sort of meetings we had um, in the early days. So when we first launched, as I sort of alluded to earlier. Um, our primary focus was on the hospitality sector. You know, in fact, we were actually focusing mainly on buffet restaurants. Mm. Um, you know, I think thank God we expanded our horizons because you know, we would have hit a ceiling pretty pretty mm. soon on if we just focused on buffet restaurants. But um, anyway, we had our our uh, list of businesses which we wanted to really work with, and there was this one um, buffet buffet chain that. Uh, you know, we really wanted to partner with and that was because we just knew the 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 sheer amounts of wastage in which they would be throwing away on a daily basis you know fresh food um you know when you have a capacity of a couple hundred covers at any one time the volume of of surplus come the end of day is, is astronomical mm. so long story short we we got this uh, we got the meeting with um with this with this buffet chain and i turned up actually i turned up quite early um and before the meeting started, you know, I opened up my laptop, <clears throat> uh, checked, the, checked the deck, checked the presentation was all working, um, and then went into the meeting. And this was actually even before we'd even launched the app itself. So we didn't even have a functioning product in which to demonstrate or, or give, a, give a demo on. Mm. Um, so all we had was uh, was, this, was this deck. Anyway, in, in we go to the meeting, I uh, open up the laptop, with um yeah, the general manager the ops the ops team and stuff and the laptop won't turn on so uh mm-hmm. looking for a uh looking looking for a plug of some description to try and charge my laptop um there wasn't one so we ended up going onto the shop floor they unplugged one of the tills for me and i and i plugged my laptop in which is becomes quite an embarrassing sort of situation mm-hmm. when you've got a uh, um a audience of, <laughs> of people having their lunch uh watching you trying to uh, do a presentation but also uh, turn on your laptop and um, anyway it wouldn't turn on and so you know i was i was left with very few things to do you know you could either mm-hmm. postpone the mode meeting which has taken a long time to to even get in the first place or crack on and you know i decided the latter you know i'd i'd take this meeting mm-hmm. Um, without a, without an app itself without any sort of visual aid from a from a presentation and just pitched this concept to them um, on just passion alone and anyway left that meeting uh, with them agreed to to join the platform when it is that when, when we came out to launching um, and super excited to come on this journey with us now you know that was as I say one of the most um, most impactful meetings I think I've had to date because we didn't have an app yet. And it was just on this passion alone we were able to onboard this business um, with a whole host of uh, other restaurants as well because they, they recognized the value of what it was that we were offering. Um, and they saw the need of having a product which allowed them to keep producing their food for their buffets, but ensure that they could recover sunk costs and ultimately, not have to throw food away. So that there was, um, as I say, you know, one of the uh, one of the most memorable occasions, and it really gave us that um, that inspiration um, to carry on with what what we do. And we really knew, for, well, personally for myself, from that moment, knew this would be a great success because even without having an app to to demonstrate, we could um, uh, we could really win the hearts and minds of. Um, of businesses which we really want wanted to work with. Mm. Um, but anyway long story short as i say then uh, jump back on the tube open up the laptop <laughs> and uh, it turned out that the brightness was just down. <laughs> oh no. Um, <laughs> uh, but it didn't matter. They they were on board uh, anyway. But uh, yeah that there is a as a story i like to say and just say to say that even from the beginning we had this uh, we had this confidence that um, that it really would be a success given that we were having businesses join the platform um, when we didn't even have a platform Mm. in in the first instance.
1: Yeah, I think overall that misfortune could have actually yielded so many more positive things later on. You know, you've got this confidence boost, you're memorable from the buffet owner because he's like, wow, this guy, he really knows what he's talking about and he's really passionate about it. So I think that's pretty great and a really gives life to some cliches like if your heart's in the right place and the show <laughs> must go on. And as part of changing people's relationship with food waste, I know you've got this campaign relabeling the best before label with a look, smile, taste, don't waste label. So I was hoping you could talk a little bit more about this campaign.
0: Certainly. So as I as I mentioned earlier, when we when we first launched Two Good to Go, it was all around uh, wanting to change people's attitudes and change people's behaviours towards um, towards food, and in particularly um, towards food waste. So what we've uh, what we have is we've got our our platform, and this essentially funds our movement around around food waste. And this is the work that we do with schools. It's the work that we do uh, with households, with businesses, and also in in public affairs, as we you know we try and spark some policy change around our food system. So we um yeah, we've we've launched this uh, this campaign. It's called our Look, Smell, Taste, Don't Waste campaign. And the premise behind this is to, as I say, ensure that we, we have this newfound respect for food. You know, our vision is of a, a planet with no food waste. Our mission is to inspire and empower people to fight food waste together. So essentially this campaign is. Is, is around trying to have an impact outside of our, our platform itself to get people to really use their senses, but use their common sense mm-hmm. um, when it comes to, you know, uh, assessing whether a, a product beyond its best before is still okay to consume. So one of the, um, you know, one of the biggest issues we have is this confusion around date labels. So, you know, people not really knowing what the difference between a use by and a best before. And we'll often even see other sort of uh, terminology on our our packets, whether it's sell by or display until. And ultimately what this leads to is just individuals, consumers just not really knowing what is going on or what what date to sort of stand by. And as a result, you know, we then find that it's about 150,000 tonnes of food it's thrown away each year in the UK as a result of this confusion around best before, which equates to around half a billion pounds of food every single year.
1: Mm, that's so much. And I was wondering how you got brands to agree to this. It's a great idea, but I'm just trying to imagine myself as Nestle or something. And if someone comes up to me explaining the rationale and also this label, one of the things I might be thinking is, does this mean people will buy less of my products? I don't know if that's mm. a challenge you faced, and if so, how did you address it?
0: Yeah, so what we what we you know find ourselves in is in this, this climate emergency. And food waste itself is a huge contributor to this. So you know food waste accounts for between eight to ten percent of all greenhouse gas emissions, meaning that if food waste was a country it would be the third largest greenhouse gas emitter after the US and China. And what we also have is is food producers who are committed to wanting to uh, committed to reducing uh, the amount of food in which we're throwing away, not just in the UK but globally. And um, so, when we have that as a as sort of context and a bit of scene setting, um, you know, we we you know we have a an environment at the moment where where businesses are actively um, trying to reduce food waste because of the climate emergency in which we're in. Um, but yeah, your question around, you know, would, uh, would businesses not want to join the campaign because they'd be, you know, scared that they're uh, the, they'd essentially be asking people not to, to buy or incentivising people to buy so much food, and I think it's the opposite. You know, what it demonstrates or what it allows for these businesses to do is actually take a, take a leading role in this, um, in this fight against food waste, but in the wider sort of context of, of being a more sustainable and more climate conscious um business. So the likes of Nestle, of, of Danon, of Arla, um, and a whole host of other brands as well have joined the campaign by adding our our label, which is the look, smell, taste, don't waste logo onto onto their packet. And as I say, it's a chance for them to to um to really be a pioneering brand, but also have a tangible impact so what we're trying to achieve with this label is to create a behavioral nudge Mm. so when an individual when a when a uh, when someone at home sort of opens up their cupboard open up their fridge and they see that something has gone beyond its best before date you know they're reminded to use their senses to look smell and taste the food rather than waste it
1: I love that you mentioned that it's a behavioral nudge because I think food waste is fundamentally a behavioral problem and I know I'm a behavioral science student. So I've especially noticed how you've baked in instinctive motivators to get people to limit food waste through the app. So for example, there's a sense of exclusivity because there's a limited number of magic bags, which just makes people want the surplus food that much more and you're positive framing wasted food as you know too good to go food. And the concept of magic bags makes not knowing what you're going to get much more exciting. So I was Mm. wondering, how did you come up with these features?
0: So, yeah, it's quite interesting um, the way that you you approach that from a behavioral science perspective. So the reality is when when we've developed the magic bag itself, it was more around thinking of something which worked not just for the individual, but worked for the business as well. So the, the great thing about the magic bag, and for those that don't know uh, what it is, when you purchase um, a magic bag through the app, from whatever food business it may be, let's say, for argument's sake, it's uh, it's a sushi shop. Mm. You won't know exactly what sushi you're going to collect. Um, it's literally just whatever's left over. And um, so as I say, you won't know what sushi you're going to get, but you can be pretty darn sure you'll be going home with some type of Japanese food. So you know what we're, when we're talking about this from an operational perspective, from a, from a business perspective, it means that it's, um, it has very little operational impact for them. So in an industry like the food like, like the food sector, where' um, it's, it's very resource intensive um, and there's very little time, this allows the solution to be um, uh, to to really work with the operators and with the food vendors. So it allows them, as I say, to save time. Um, on top of that, by not having to itemize the food itself, it then it then takes away any fears of cannibalization. Um, and what I mean by that is, um, you know, businesses may be conscious that if um, if uh, you, know, you were just listing products at a third of their, of their retail price, then, uh, then individuals may just sort of wait until the end of service to collect that specific item. But by having this mm. magic bag, there's none of that guarantee, which takes away that, um, uh, that sort of fear of cannibalization, not to mention um, the business themselves can control uh, when the collection window is. Uh, but at the same time, from a consumer perspective, you know this notion of the of the magic bag is all about our sort of mission of trying to you know place that lost value back onto food mm. and you know what i what i mean by that is it's it's um it's creating a surprise element and going back as well to the to the context of climate change it's about creating a solution which is which is fun you know so you know when we talk about climate change it's very often we're focusing on the doom and gloom, but actually this surprise element, this magic bag element, actually makes fighting food waste something which is fun. It's something that's engaging. It's surprising. Um, I've often get sort of told that uh, you know using Too Good To Go is a bit like uh, watching Forrest Gump eating eating some chocolate. You know, life is like a box of chocolates. Yeah. You never know which one you're going to get. So it is. It is about this um, uh, this this fun factor. And at the same time, the magic bag keeps things simple, simple for the operator and simple for the individual, but it also um, keeps it accessible as well.
1: Mm. From my perspective, I love it because I'm not a picky eater. I'm a lover of all food and a fan of trying new things. So that would be my too-good-to-go profile bio if that existed. (laughs) So few of us understand how much energy it takes to producing, storing and transporting, for example, even a simple banana to our plates. All we see is a tiny portion of its life cycle not where it's come from, the transportation, the, the freezing, defrosting, and so on. So I was wondering, what is Too Good To Go's plan to educate us about food waste? Because what I appreciate is that you're not just a business, but you're a movement.
0: Thank you, Tina. You're, uh, you're doing my work for it. <laughs> um, yeah, and as, as you're sort of alluding to that, there, there is a lot of ambiguity or disconnect is probably the better way to term it around our, our food system in general. So as I as I and I'll keep mentioning that you know a third of all food produced ends up getting wasted and I think the more that we can get this into people's minds it, you know we can start um we can start having a, a a fundamental shift in in how we approach food. You're very well to point out sort of the journey of the banana. None of us is probably aware of the you know it takes from the moment of of harvesting the banana to ending up on our supermarket floors. That journey is over. over over three months so what we are are trying to do as I say is is create this movement around food waste and going back to our date label campaign that that I mentioned earlier this is what we're trying to do when we're when we're educating people around food and around food waste in general it is by having Mm. initiatives like this which can educate which can empower which can inspire people all across um, the UK and further afield to start thinking about food differently. You know, what I always say and, and what I hope is one thing that will leave people um, with today is that fighting food waste is the most immediate, most impactful solution that we as individuals can do to reverse the effects of climate change. So on that basis, you know, the more that we can inspire people to really start thinking about about their food and start thinking about fighting food waste. You know, we really are doing something something special in terms of the fight against uh, against climate change.
1: Mm. And I think the way Too Good To Go goes about it is so effective because it doesn't feel like you're being lectured. It feels like it's a fun process and it, they're like little nudges like the label. So I feel like that works really well.
0: Yeah, it's so like the other ways in which we're trying to do that, to say, it, is often through the work we do with schools. Mm. So last year, uh, we actually ran a poetry competition um, in association with with DEFRA, so the Department for uh, for Food and Environment uh, here in the UK. And this um, this poetry competition was all about getting young primary school children to start uh, thinking about food waste and and write their own poems mm. on what food waste means to them. Um, so it was bringing uh, bringing food waste into the classrooms from a young age, and that's. You know, just one of many examples of the ways in which we' you know we're trying to build this movement across uh, around food waste um, not just through the marketplace of the app but through working with schools as well
1: mm. yeah definitely I think I read somewhere that children develop their food waste habits and financial habits at a at a young age so that's definitely a good place to have an impact.
0: Yeah, and pester power is a real thing you know, kids mm. who, who, who who learn stuff at school whether it's around recycling or around food you know they bring those um, uh, they bring those learnings back into the home and you know we can we could hope that you know a lot of those those positive learnings will be rubbed off onto their onto their families too
1: So moving on to our real talk section so this is when we ask our guests questions which would generally be too intense but we're all really curious about so starting off, I'm always curious about what an unconventional truth people think helped them achieve their success.
0: An unconventional truth that helped me with my, I don't know if it's a particularly unconventional for me, a, one of the, uh, the key ingredients to my success, the continued success of, of, mm. to go, I don't, I don't want to just put that all, all on my still, mm. um, but is by having co-founders oh. and. Uh, by having other people who were uh, in the trenches with me from, from, from day one, um, having somebody to, uh, to really be a confident and, and talk things through and share those, those experiences with. And, you know, when sort of I look back and I, you know, I tell these tales of turning up to meetings with a laptop that wasn't working and things like that, that's, that's incredibly stressful at the time, but it's fantastic to then be able to share that experience and look back. Um, with somebody and really um, yeah, share that burden with. So i say my, I don't know if it is an uncon- unconventional truth, um, but definitely something I would, uh, I would pass on to others is if you are going to venture into um, you know, starting your own business or doing something, uh, see if there's someone that you can go on that, journey, um, on, on that journey with.
1: Yeah, that's really nice. It really matters the people that you go through hardships with. I think they can completely transform the experience. And final question if you could invite anyone in the world to interview, who would you invite?
0: Anyone in the world to interview. Can they be, um, is it dead or alive?
1: It can be dead or alive or even fictional.
0: Wow. Well, I will be bringing, who would I be bringing back to life? I'd oh, be, yeah, this is, this is a tough one. I'd, yeah, I'd love to interview Nelson Mandela. He's always been a, a big inspiration. Um, mm. And Know, one of the most amazing people of, of the sort of last half, half century. So yeah, I would love to speak to um, and interview uh, Nelson Mandela.
1: Yeah, he'd be incredible to talk about how he kept on that motivation throughout all the mm. all the struggles. So thank you for joining us at the Talk Tank, Jamie. I was so excited to speak to you about food waste and the untapped potential it offers us as consumers, businesses, and eco warriors. And you did not disappoint. So everyone if you want to reduce food waste, save the planet save money and eat delicious food, download too good to go. Do you have anything you'd like to add Jamie?
0: Um, no I think you, you've covered it there but I would uh, yeah I would just strongly encourage everybody to uh, to start fighting food waste I mean one way is through um, through downloading the app and fighting food waste there but check out our website as well where we've got a whole host of sort of tips and tricks on how to reduce food waste. In the home, I think you'll even find on our uh, on our blog as well, the recipe to uh, to the, the pooled banana skin. So uh, yeah, I'd encourage everyone, as I say, to, to look at ways in which to fight food waste all across their lives.
1: Thanks again, Jamie. And to our listeners, I hope you all found this episode too good to go. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in. See you next week. And don't forget to leave your message after the beep.